When I heard about what happened to your father, I just had to come. Who would have thought there'd be a Sith hidden among the royal family? Why is the princess carrying a bow? Surely you don't plan to fight. Tsubaki, why did you come? Masago is a Sith Lord. It's impossible to defeat her alone. Allow me to go with you. Once again, greetings, Bucketheads, Mevar Tikar. Welcome to the 101st episode, a dark side seducing episode of Mandovision, Nargai Tom. And thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast that, yes, indeed, is a day late. I'm very, very sorry, but thank you for your kindness and your consideration uh, in allowing me to be a little bit tardy with this particular episode. But we're here now. We're going to crush it. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have fun because we're talking about Star Wars. And I cannot wait to do that with all of you wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, remember, the best way to reach out to us is, is, of course, via social media at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter and Instagram. Email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share this show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. Because your covert is full of awesome Mandalorians that need to hear this episode. If possible, or so inclined. Remember, the five-star reviews are the, the the lifeblood of a podcast. They really help get the word out about us, help us stand out, not get lost in the cosmic shuffle, and fight against that algorithm. We love to fight the algorithm. So thank you in advance for doing that. Yes, we are back. We are here to close out our review of, of every single installment of Star Wars Visions, uh, whether this turns out to be a, a Season 1-style show or... or you know, we get a season two of Visions down the road. That has not yet, at least to my knowledge, not been announced. And and I, I, I think if you've been listening to this podcast, you kind of know how I feel about the, the, the prior eight episodes. Even the ones that I wasn't the world's biggest fan of. I There was enough to enjoy there that I'd like to see more. There are certain uh, uh, episodes that I'd like to see more of those characters. You know, further adventures with them. So let, let's... Let's see how this shakes out. You know, again, we're we're sort of putting a lot of uh, a lot of our um, eggs in the basket that will be the next big Disney shareholders meeting, which I believe is still a couple weeks out. But we expect a lot of announcements, just like last year. So get ready; there'll be a, Beth- a special Bantha Tracks episode of the show that's ready to go as soon as all those shows and movies and and whatnots are announced. 
you know, maybe we'll get some clarity on what Taika Waititi is planning for his Star Wars uh, saga series movie. I don't even know if it's a standalone or if it's if it's, if it's, if it's duology. I have no idea. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot to look forward to. We'll probably also be getting the trailer, the 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 the, the teaser trailer, whatever it's going to be for the book of Boba Fett, which you know we're going to dive into on this podcast because. Yeah, we're, we're basically counting down the days to the Book of Boba Fett. We cannot wait for that show to, to get here, to arrive, and to to uh, just cap off the holiday season because it's coming out the end. Remember, at the end of December, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need some joy in my life. I get I don't know what it is about me. I get I'm a, I love the holidays. I love you know from Halloween all the way uh, through Christmas. I am just like on cloud nine. I'm, I'm living my best life. And I'm just uh, so stoked and so happy more often than not. Uh, this year is going to be very, very different. I have some some external uh, factors that are sort of trying to dampen my holiday spirit at the moment. Um, but but even without those external forces, I, I tend to get real low. Like the day after Christmas, I'm like, oh, man, it's over. It's over. I mean, I guess I can, you know, watch all the Star Wars things I got or read all the Star Wars things I got. But, man, it's over. But now, this year... It's over, but that just means the book of Boba Fett will be here to save me and to, to lift me up and put him on his, his uh, Besker-plated shoulders. And I cannot wait to be carried away by Boba Fett. We're all going to be carried away by Boba Fett, and it's going to be delicious. I cannot wait. All right, I've talked enough about that. Again, we are here for the final installment of Star Wars Visions, number nine. This is Akakiri, the 13-minute-long, sixth-highest-rated <laughs> episode which means it's definitely towards the bottom uh, as far as the IMDb rating goes. This one's from, from uh, Science Saru Studios. And uh, um, it's directed by... Uh, ooh, I'm going to get this name wrong. It's Young Choi. And uh, Yuchiro Kido is the writer on this one. And it's... Uh, um, let's, let me just give you the plot, all right? A Jedi returns to his forbidden love to help her defend her kingdom from a Sith-like shogun. And our cast for this week's episode, and again, we, we focus, rightly or wrongly, on the on the American cast. Uh, we have Henry Golding as Subaki, and uh, Henry Golding, just in case he's listening, I'm still mad at him. I'm still mad at you, Henry Golding. Uh, your, your Snake Eyes movie was a huge letdown, and I'm very sad by it. <laughs> very sad. Jamie Chung is Misa, Kiyuni Young is Kamahachi, George Takai himself is Senshu, Lorraine Toussaint is Masiago. Paul Natatucci is the master. Adam Seitz as Musha and the Villager, and a, and a few other nice people who contributed some 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 backing voices to this one. Uh, we're gonna get into this. We got a lot to talk about with this episode. Uh, th- this uh, I'm just gonna say it. This one might be my least favorite, and and that might even it might even, you know, again we we acknowledge that on the, on the IMDb ratings, the lowest rated episode thus far is still Tatooine Rhapsody. Uh, followed by the twins, and then it goes to Akakiri, and for whatever reason, Akakiri, uh, it, it it doesn't click with me the way I wanted to, and I don't know if it's because the anime style um, is not quite my cup of tea. I you know I don't know. There's there's something about it. I've been I've watched the episode four or five times now, trying to kind of like put my finger on what it is that that. Um, holds it back in my mind now again i am i am probably on uh, you know uh, I, I am just one person my opinion should not influence others 
I'm just sharing my opinion with you all. And and by all means, let me know if you disagree and be like, Akakiri was awesome, dum dum. You know, let me know. Let me know what you think. Uh, this this we're gonna talk about it on the on the other side. But this is this is definitely a unique episode, regardless of of my personal uh, opinion of it, high or low. It's still a very unique episode, and I'm excited to talk to you about it. So we're gonna do that right now. But you know what has to happen first? It's that time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. He's a Jedi. He helped us five years ago when we were attacked by Orochi. Eh, Jedi travel all the way here by himself? Seems kind of suspicious. Misa, do they really need to be here? Excuse me? From what I can tell, you can't seem to fight. Oh, I see. Jedi judge by appearances, do they? <laughs> if you must know, we're not strong fighters. <laughs> Just a quick note as we start getting into the episode, it is possible you may hear the drip, drip, drip of, of water behind me. Uh, that is because we are in the midst of an uh, epic winter downpour in San Diego. And uh, yeah, it was uh, not unexpected. They've been waiting for it all day long, basically. But uh, um, it's always a pleasant surprise. Though it does seem to happen quite a bit when I'm recording Mandavision. So I don't know if it's something with this podcast and the weather kind of comes together whenever I am... Uh, Doing a, doing a recording for the for the show that it seems to rain so I don't know maybe if I did more podcasts it would I'd solve the drought in California I you know uh, food for thought but in case you hear a little drip 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 uh, the, my apartment is not flooding it just happens to be raining outside the window that uh, I I cannot control how that sounds unfortunately I wish I could block that out but uh, that is not something in my uh, uh, skill set unfortunately so yes all right let's get back to Akakiri. The, the final episode of Star Wars Visions for this season. And uh, we, we this episode opens very interestingly with, with a very unique musical score for this one. I don't, again, like we talked about in, in last week's episode, I don't know much about uh, instruments and what they are. You get some kind of uh, wild kind of drumming thing happening there. It was, it was like, I don't know if it's a bongo. I couldn't tell you. But it's something bongo-esque. <laughs> and so you get the, the, that... that Sort of uh, very, very high, fast rhythmic beat going on as we were watching a B-wing crash to the surface of a planet. I was was I did have to wonder was it was it those those um those sort of uh, brigands those raiders were those the ones that caused uh, Subaki's B-wing to crash to the planet surface or was there something that happened in orbit or something that happened on his way to that planet that we're not privy to at this at this particular moment in time. Uh, but that that music sets a very interesting tone for this episode, uh, and again, it's an interesting choice. Uh, Subaki is a very interesting Jedi, in, at the least. So you know, we played a little clip right there, where he's he's judging these 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 helpers, Misa's uh, sort of guides, uh, based on their appearance and and how like you know judges them as not fighters, which is again not a very Jedi thing to do. Um, you know, again, a Jedi should never should be the last resort of a Jedi to, to resort to a physical altercation of of any sort. But uh, Subaki seems very keyed up for a physical confrontation. You know, he's come back to this planet to help Misa, a a woman he has a a, a familial attachment to. And again, the plot says his former love. Uh, and so again, we're sort of flipping the script on on sort of the classic Jedi story, and we're sort of doing more of a traditional uh, sort of. Much more samurai esque story with the trappings of Star Wars and and Jedi knighthood wrapped around it, which I don't think 
we've we've seen a lot of different interpretations of, of that in 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 prior visions episodes. For some reason, that that cloak that they wrapped this episode in doesn't fit quite as well as it does in in previous entries. I think the dialogue in this episode is a tad clunky. Uh, Subaki is not my favorite Jedi Knight, though I do think he is the first Jedi that I can recall that wears um, a hat. He has a, you know, I can't tell you exactly. I don't want to. <laughs> if you watch the show, what we do in the shadows, there is a a very specific hat that Laszlo wears, uh, mostly in season two and in, in, in an episode in season two, that Subaki's hat reminds me of. Uh, if you know the episode in which I'm referring to, you'll you'll get the joke and you'll you'll laugh. Uh, but if you don't, well, there you go. There's your reference point if you wanted to go watch that show real quick. But I can't think of another Jedi that I that I know who's worn a hat like that before. So again, a very interesting look. He has the robes on. Uh, he's he's rather unshaven. He and he seems to be suffering from some sort of PTSD. Uh, during during the during the fight with the brigands, he gets distracted. There's a moment where he's overcome by intense emotion, a memory of something from his past. Uh, so that that I think that's very interesting. I think that's a very unique take on the character as well. There's something that haunts that character, something that drives that character that we're, uh, you know, sort of unaware of, un- sort of unfamiliar with. Through the course of the story, we find out more about his his role uh, with Misa and and helping her father defend the realm, and and this this new uh, this this, sh- this Sith Shogun who has usurped power from her father. Uh, again, very much a a, a samurai story with more Jedi Star Wars trappings around it, as opposed to a Star Wars story with samurai trappings around it. We should also mention in the scene uh, where Tsubaki is, is fighting against those those raiders, those brigands, uh, his lightsaber. Again, we get another very unique take on the lightsaber. It almost feels like, you know, as he unsheaths this, it, it's like on all the time. It's, it's sort of like the vibe you get from the first time he, 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 he draws it. I don't think that's accurate, but I, you know, again, rewatching the episode a couple of times, it, it sort of has like that visual flair of like he's unsheathing a lightsaber, which is uh, again a very unique idea, very interesting thought on 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 the uh, on the role of the lightsaber in in, in this story. Uh, again, this is he gets saved after his PTSD attack by Princess Misa. This is when we we understand their connection, their history with one another. You can't not watch this episode and not draw the comparisons between. Uh, between Tsubaki and Misa uh, and, and then Anakin and Padme. Or, by extension, if you wanted to go another route, you could even look at it as Obi-Wan, Kenobi, and Satine. Uh, in, in the Clone War episodes where they're discussing their prior history with one another. And it sounds like Tsubaki made a very Obi-Wan, Kenobi-like decision to leave. To leave her behind and to go be a Jedi and do Jedi things across the galaxy. But his affection for her brings her, him back to her as he learns about what's happened to the father, learns about the Sith Lord that has been uh, in disguise operating within the royal court, and he's come back to fix it. Uh, again, this is a, this uh, Subaki character is very uh, much an aggressive Jedi, very much into like the, the we must fight the Sith at all costs. Again, it feels more like a, a traditional sort of samurai uh, as opposed to a Jedi with with sort of the um, violence, the sort of willingness to engage in a fight uh, so quickly. Now, again, a Jedi wants to fight a Sith, you know, you're, that's going to happen, and he probably feels a certain amount of betrayal because uh, this, this royal court was, was supposed to prop up the king and support the king, right? 
And then you find out one of them is a Sith later on. Yeah, I guess he's going to be a little upset, but again, you're, he's very emotional for a Jedi. Something we don't see a lot of. Um, you know, well, I mean, in the in this type of story, you do. And we, we'll get to that point. Because I think we know what's going to happen here. I, th- I think we all see where this is going to go uh, because we have... It echoes Padme and Anakin. It echoes Obi-Wan and Satine. We know that at some point, uh, Princess Misa will be put in a position where uh, Tsubaki will have to make a choice. He will have to make a, a decision. And, and you know, we'll, we'll get there. I don't know if I want to jump to it right away because it's it's a... The episode... Maybe the episode's problem for me is the pacing of it. It's a, it's a lot of, like, walkie-talkie stuff. And... Again, that's not a bad thing. It, it, I think the dialogue just kind of clunks. So it's, again, not my favorite one. But, again, still interesting aspects of it to to talk about, to explore. It's not it's not bad. It's not terrible. It's just, I, I just feel like it clunks. Maybe it just, And maybe that's just to me. There's just some clunkiness to it that I kind of brush up against. And I, I wish it was a bit smoother. I wish it was a bit more fleshed out. And, and you know, whatever limitations... Uh, that that Science Sorry Studios had under under it, uh, you know, I wish they had gotten to sort of refine the story a bit more. Again, I have no problem with with echoing the things that we know in, from Star Wars. Again, like you're echoing Anakin and Padme, or you're echoing Obi Wan and Satine. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. And in, in fact, you make a very interesting decision at the end of the episode. Um, I just wish it was polished more. It's the only word I can think of more. It just seems sort of unrefined. It just sort of seems uh, almost too on the nose, maybe. I don't know. We're, we're, that's what we'll go with for now. Even before Tsubaki comes back to the planet, uh, Princess Misa, with the help of Kamahachi and uh, Senshu, already has a plan in place to go into the palace, to sneak into the palace with Kamahachi and Senshu's help as her guides. And, and herself dispose, depose of, of Masiago, the Sith who has who usurped the throne and avenged her father. Uh, so uh, Tsubaki coming to help seems like a good omen, right? But Misa was not going to be stopped or deterred. I th- but I think she believes that, that hopefully Tsubaki can, can wield that lightsaber, be the Jedi warrior that she knows him to be, and sort of bring this to an end in a much faster uh, you know, you you want to have the, the warrior on your side, right? Like, of of Subaki's renown, of of his acclaim, of his dedication, and again, when you have a personal connection to who is personally invested in what's happening on on the planet, it's a very interesting thing. But I I like the fact that Misa's a character who was going into action already. You know, Subaki showing up didn't spur her to action, didn't drive her or, or motivate her to do anything that she wasn't already planning to do. He just is kind of comes along for the ride. But, again, a Sith Lord is not to be messed with, and, and there's a lot to, uh, you know, there's a lot to parse out there. We'll talk a little bit more about that. There's uh, some interesting stuff on the journey there about, you know, when they have to go across the mountain, but they don't uh, they don't want to uh, because it's not the most direct route. So Kamahachi and Shensu uh, accept more money from the princess, kind of showing their character as, as, a, as sort of like, again, they're not mercenaries. They're just kind of like peasants for hire. And they clearly need the cash. So you understand them to a certain extent. Like, like we talked about in that clip. They, they admit they're not fighters. They're not there for the combat. They're there to, they're doing a job. They're there to get paid. And that's sort of the end of the line for them. But again, you, you know, you got to be careful who you take employment with. Because uh, uh, sometimes in Star Wars, these things don't go out. These things don't work out well for uh, uh, 
the people who, you know, oh, we're just, we're just bringing these people here. You, you still pay the price. You still pay the price. You're in league with them. And uh, Masayago does not seem like the kind of person who's going to be forgiving of all that. And in fact, she is not. <laughs> she is not very, she is, she is very not, very much not that way. Uh, there's a scene where Tsubaki has to go back to find the missing Kamahachi. Uh, we get more of Tsubaki's headaches, his past trauma. Again, I think this is a really interesting element to that character. I don't feel like they explore it very fully. It just sort of seems to be something that makes him vulnerable to his emotions, vulnerable uh, perhaps through the persuasion of Masiago and the dark side. And I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to uh, 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 diminish that. But I think the idea of a Jedi with PTSD is very fascinating. Um and be something worth exploring more fully as opposed to this, this kind of limited format and this limited short story, basically. I mean, again, it's a 13-minute episode. I would have loved to have gotten more out of that unique characteristic of Subaki's, that, that, that trauma, that, that sort of pain that he finds himself in at random moments. When he needs to be on top of his game, it seems to strike. I'd like to dive into the psychology of that and explore that more fully. And, and again, I don't, this episode is not my favorite, but if they wanted to do a, a story or a comic, uh, you know, a manga style comic with Tsubaki and, and sort of exploring that more fully, I would be 100% in, in on checking that out because uh, there's something about that, you know, as, as we learn more and more about the psychology of, of warfare and, and the effects it has on the soldiers themselves, it, it's why not explore it more fully in Star Wars? It, it's an interesting idea. I, th I think it deserves some extra attention, some extra uh, uh, care with with the sort of story that it's used in. It could be a very, very interesting... Uh, again, if you wanted to use it with the Jedi, cool. You could also use it with Rebel Troopers, the Clone Troopers themselves. We've gotten, we've gotten pieces and tastes of that in the past. But again, a more fully developed exploration of it, uh, you know, in, in probably in a novel format would probably be the best. But it would be very, very interesting, and I would like to see more of it. Uh, we get to once we get to the palace, though, you know, we also get the flashback to to a young Subaki and Misa, which is which helps develop their story, their their relationship, their history. Uh, but everything moves so quickly in this episode. Maybe that's another reason why I had so many kind of bump up moments with it. Is like we're on this journey, we're on this quest, we're trying to explore these characters' histories. We have uh, Hame, uh, excuse me, uh, Kamehachi and, and Senshu. But we're, you know, they're just kind of there. We understand that they're there as as paid help, but you you sort of want to know more about it. Like, are they being is Masiago uh, oppressing the people of the village now? Is is she you know killing them, taking rights away? Is she suppressing them somehow? I'd like to know more. I'd like to know a lot more about it. We don't get it, which is unfortunate. We do once we get to the palace. So hey, lightsaber fight time, and uh, Subaki doing doing some damage with that lightsaber. And a big, big fight with uh, Masiago. It's really good. Jedi versus Sith. We get the whole uh, ideology, the whole philosophy in the in the battle uh, to fight against destiny, and and I think that's where this episode is strongest is in that moment where where we finally get the confrontation between the Sith and the Jedi. Now again, this is a very non traditional setup. It's much more you know feudal Japan uh, with Star Wars wrapped around it as as the wrapper. Um. And again, it's not the the smoothest fitting tuxedo, or or, or evening gown. You know, it doesn't have to be gendered. <laughs> but uh, it, it's it's you, by and large, you still know what's happening. You know what's going on here. You see the reference points, 
And again, I, I love the philosophy. You always want to get into the philosophy of, of the, Je- the Jedi and the Sith's point of views and how they oppose each other. And of, of course, Masiago has a plan because Sith always have a plan. And it's, it is uh, to allow Subaki to believe that he has just killed Misa, who came out disguised as, as one of the guards at the palace, and he just chopped her down. Just chopped her down. So then a choice is, is offered. Masiago can save her life, can bring her back with the powers of the dark side, because the, the, the dark side is the pathway to abilities that many would consider to be unnatural. And Tsubaki wants in on that. He's like, you know what? If you're saving Misa, you just got yourself a new apprentice. I will go to the dark side if you bring her back to life. And you understand his choice. You understand his decision. Uh, but in the same way that you understand Anakin's decision in, in Episode 3, in The Revenge of the Sith, it is that choice to save another person at the, at the expense of your own soul. Anakin, unfortunately, as we know, does not save Padme. It is, it is merely a, a sort of lore that Palpatine uses to bring Anakin over. Masiago, on the other hand, knows how to do these things and revives, revives Misa. And that brings great joy to Subaki, even though he now knows it has cost him his soul as he goes willingly to become the apprentice of Masiago and the Sith. And that is how this episode ends. It is the one. Ep- it is an episode with a bummer of an ending, but an ending that we understand again that echoes Star Wars in a very, very nice way. Uh, so it's a solid episode. It's enjoyable. Like I said, it may have been my least favorite. It's a bit of a toss up. I, I, you know, in, on any given day, I could tell you that Tatooine Rhapsody is my least favorite, but Tatooine Rhapsody at least has a uniqueness for it. Whether you're a fan of it or not is, is, is up to each individual, but there's a uniqueness to that story that we hadn't really seen out of Star Wars before. So there's something to me about that that, that provides it with a little extra charm. Uh, Akakiri is, is very much familiar things. is very much a familiar Star Wars story. And I like the end, but there's, there's, there's some clunks in here. Like it's not the it's not the smooth story as I, as I wish it would be. I wish it was a bit more polished. I wish the dialogue were a bit better. I think the voice cast is fine. I think I think Henry Golding provides the voice of a complicated Jedi who we just don't know enough about to really uh, a feel for his decision. You know, we, we, we get glimpses of his relationship with Misa in the past and why he feels the way he does about her. And of course, as a Jedi, he wants to protect life. So, you know, and again, his personal attachment is what, what allows him to say, well, we're going to defy the natural order of life by having the Sith Lord bring Misa back to life. What would be interesting, too, is if it were to be, to more fully explore the fact that, you know, Misa was brought back to life by a, a wielder of dark side powers. And is, is she now uh, corrupted in some way? Is she now um, influenced or, or, or just even, even motivated by the dark side? Darker impulses that always existed within her. Has, is she changed from this experience of dying and being brought back by the dark side. And we, we don't get those answers, unfortunately. I don't even know. It doesn't seem that way. There don't seem to be any ill effects to Misa being brought back by a Sith Lord. But again, I still find it to be a, a story full of potential that, that it doesn't really live up to. And that it doesn't even uh, tantalizingly tease for us with another installment. You know, if they were to continue the story, maybe I would feel differently uh, because maybe I would get more 
explanation, more answers, more development in these characters to sort of understand their plights more. Uh, I don't want to... Half-baked sounds very insulting, and I don't want to be insulting to the episode because I... I, I Again, they tried some ambitious things. I just don't think it lands on on all all of its feet, and it's not for lack of trying. There, like I said, there's interesting components to this. There's interesting elements to this to this episode, but I feel that like Akakiri doesn't bring it all together in the end, and we're left with far more questions than we are answers. And I would have liked to have a better understanding of Tsubaki before he makes this decision, and we don't get it. And that is unfortunate. And I would have liked. I think the Misa character is very interesting, but we don't get much more out of her either. It's, it, this episode's characters are very surface, very surface. We we get an allusion to depth. We get an allu- we get an allusion to uh, complex character histories, but they're not shown. They're not developed. They're not explored in the way I would have liked them to be. And to me, that is what holds Akakiri back just a bit, just a bit. And uh, I. Mm. You know, now the more I think about it, I, I might actually still like this episode more than Twin, the Twins. But the Twins another, is another episode that's full of possibilities and not you know, a lot of abilities that seem to go unanswered. <laughs> so, <laughs> and plus, as as we mentioned before, they talk in space, which is, I'm, is something I'm not a fan of in animation. Uh, so maybe maybe Akakiri does does uh, rank a little bit higher in my ratings. Maybe, maybe that third position that it holds on IMDb is actually where it holds for me as well. The more I think about it. I just wish this was fleshed out more. I wish it was developed more. And I think that's all I'm going to say about this one. Because that's the end of Visions. We did it. We made it all the way to the end. Nine episodes for Visions. And nine installments. And I think we... Uh, again, what I what I told you when we first started this is we wanted to... I decided to break this down one by one. Because these creators and these, these voice casts, they deserve... I felt like they deserve to have a little bit more of a, of a well-rounded exploration of their contributions to this Visions uh, series. And and I think we did a pretty good job of that. I hope you all agree. I hope I brought up some interesting t- uh, talking points, uh, maybe things you hadn't considered, or maybe things you're like, He's, uh, you know, I did think about that. Aha! <laughs> so, yeah, you know, Visions is done. For now, maybe. We'll, we'll see more about that. And we got something very, uh, we got something new coming up. On Friday, and if you know, if you if you're familiar with the date on the calendar, you might have an idea of what's coming on Friday. But I'm really looking forward to it. It's gonna be a fun one. Uh, I really am getting to enjoy watching some of these uh, lighter Star Wars fairs, and, and and then talking about it with you all on the podcast. Because you know, once we get to December and Book of Boba Fett's right around the corner, stuff's gonna get serious on this show. It's gonna get serious real, real fast. So I want to thank you all so much for listening to the podcast this week. It has been uh, an absolute blast, as always. I do apologize once again for the delay. It was not my intention to uh, um, have to miss another Monday, but uh, it is the situation in which I found myself in. So thank you so much for being patient and supportive. I truly, truly appreciate it. Uh, one thing before we go, I wanted you know I talked about it in episode 100 that I had received a very, very incredible voice message from from an awesome amazing listener to the show uh he's at rural farm boy on twitter and and um just a great person uh, again an amazing supporter of, of the entire star wars podcasting community uh he left me a really nice voice recording uh and i wanted to include it i didn't get to, i didn't get his permission in time to record it for episode 100 before I, before the episode was locked so i'm going to include it right now i want you all to check it out uh and just um um as my way of saying thank you to him uh, for all the support 
I, I, I again, I just want to include it because it mean it meant so much to me to hear that voicemail, and I wanted to share with everybody, let you let let you all know what an awesome person this person is. And uh, if you have a Star Wars podcast, make sure Rural Farm Boy is listening to it because he is he is the Star Wars fan you want listening to your show. That is a fact that is indisputable. Indisputable. So let me go ahead and put that on. I'll catch up with you on the other side in just a minute. Howdy, Tom. You know me in the Twitterverse, where I do my damnedest to share your show around as often as I can. This here is Royal Farm Boy. And I want to send you this here message to congratulate you on your 100th episode. And I'm fairly certain, my friend, I've been along with your show for all 100 episodes. And if I do recall, I've shared each and every one of them. I believe you... You've been doing mostly two a week. Up until when Bad Batch, you even made it and stretched. If it wasn't, if it weren't two, it was three a week. But I'm very grateful that you choose to do what you do because I can't do what I do just like everybody else that I share in my playlist. If you don't sit down behind a microphone because you choose to do that and then you share it with us, I can't do what I do. And... It's what brought me into that Twitterverse is folks and friends just like you that I've listened to and I've been a listener of podcasts for going on what'll be 11 years. And it's most recently listening through days and weeks and months, these folks that I listen to and friends, I call them friends because I get to know who you are. You sit and talk to me once, twice a week and I get to know you for the folks that you are and call you my friends that... I made the step to go into Twitterverse and say, I've been listening to you for this long. I thank you for what you're doing. And I do what I do is not for me. It's because I'm listening to all these great folks talking about smart Star Wars stuff. Everybody else, give this a listen too. Don't leave it to just me. And then let them know that you're listening just like I do. That's why I do what I do. So thank you, Tom. And here's to another hundred. Because I've got room for each and every one in my playlist. So till episode 101. See you on the radio, Tom. May the force be with you. Thank you, Rural Farm Boy, for that. So incredibly touching. I still, every time I hear it, I just, I get, I'm, I'm moved. I get moved every time. And I, lo- I love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are a wonderful, wonderful person. And I'm so glad you listen to this show and support this show. It means the world to me. We are going to wrap it up, though, for this 101st episode of MandoVision. Remember, my name is Tom, Nargai Tom. And I thank you once again for checking out the small, independent Star Wars podcast. Remember, the best way to find us, it's on social media, at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter and Instagram. Email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Once again, Make sure to like, subscribe, follow, share this show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. If you do Apple, if you're listening on Apple Podcast, five star reviews are insanely kind and generous, and they help small shows like us stand out, not get lost in the shuffle. And again, they mean the world to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you in advance for you taking the time to do that. All right, we're gonna get out of here. We're gonna wrap this puppy up. We're gonna be back on Friday, I promise, <laughs> with a special episode that I think everyone will enjoy as as we head into a big, uh, big fun weekend. 
Hopefully, hopefully it's fun where you're where you're where you're living. All right, let's wrap it up. You know how we get it. We know. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Got a little excited there. You know how this podcast ends. It only ends one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. I would like to see the baby.